Welcome to the Difference Maker Podcast, the show that highlights chartered accountants who are making a difference either in their industry, company, or for social good. A podcast created by CAW Network USA. You know, you talked about emerging tech and staying relevant and the development of blockchain. And I remember attending an event in New York when blockchain was really coming to the fore and saying that it was the end of auditors. Um, do you have any insights of maybe how auditors role has developed or how auditors have a role in the development of blockchain uh, since it has been introduced? It's so funny because I feel like every time you, I go to a conference where blockchain's intru- mentioned, it you get one of two ends of the scale. Because um, I, I, I think one of the best quotes I've ever heard is, blockchain will be the biggest impact to accounting since double entry accounting, right? It's going to be that revolutionary on what we do and how we do what we do. Um, and I personally think that it's going to just con- increase what we do um, because not only – Will you need to be able to rely on the data coming in? So the tokenization or whatever it is, the information coming in to the blockchain, but actually someone's going to have to actually be able to provide comfort to investors in the market around the actual functioning and help of the blockchain. So that's where, you know, this, you know, technology enabled auditor, whatever, if you want to call it, you know, the sizes of the world or, you know, people with knowledge of ERP architecture um, and systems and controls, they're, 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 their world's just going to continue to increase at a kind of multiplying rate um, because suddenly, you know, we're going to need to provide SOC reports or whatever it is over the functioning of the actual blockchain. And I just think through, you know, the impacts on audit, and suddenly cutoff challenges, you know, how many of our clients have, mm. you know, really complicated cutoff processes, which takes days to audit, you know, that kind of concern kind of almost goes away. And similarly, you know, intercompany, think of the big um, multinational companies, how many currencies and how many, um, you know, subs that they have transactions with, intercompany no longer becomes a threat because, you know, it is all at a point in time, it completely is validated throughout the blockchain. Um, so I think that while, you know, I don't think it's definitely not the end of audit. I think our role will just continue to pivot um, and become just as relevant as because someone's going to have to provide comfort over yeah. the blockchain. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and any other kind of interesting use cases or emerging technology that you can think of that I, that I haven't brought up? Honestly, I think it all comes down to the cl- that thinking of our people and our clients and their experience. So even things like apps, um, how much of what in technology that enable the audit? So how much of what we like, how much of what auditors do depends solely on a laptop, right? How much of what, uh, you know, if you think through your own life as an individual or as a consumer, how often do you use a laptop anymore? You know, you do everything on your phone um, or on a tablet or whatever the device might be, whereas everything we do from a work lens involves a laptop still. Um, so really kind of bringing the employee experience into, you know, 
the 21st century is, I think, something that organisations are all focusing on. Um, and how do we give our people the experience that continues to make it an appealing industry for them to want to come into? You know, the STEM industries have done such a remarkable job the last decade of really increasing the appeal of STEM careers. Um, and I think it's becoming more and more apparent that as auditors, we kind of need to, or as accounting firms or, you know, people in the accounting profession, we need to try to create that same, you know, um, interest and excitement over careers um, as CPAs or CAs um, because we do provide a really amazing um, role to allow the capital markets to operate effectively. Um, and to that lens, it's how do we, you know, really give our clients the experience that they want so that they enjoy, so that, it, you know, auditing isn't a tick the box exercise that's required by regulators, but it's actually something that's viewed as providing value and insights. Um, and how do we change that kind of relationship to one of, you know, really appreciating the work we do? Um, and then I suppose other things from, you know, a, a, a business model lens, you know, do we need to look at how we can become software companies or platforms or maintain relevance from an organizational lens as well? So how we work, um, I think would be the third part that I'd consider. And lastly, something that we kind of haven't discussed is how what we do will, is going to continue to evolve over time as things such as ESG evolve, right? So right now we're so focused on the business process and the numbers that come out of it. Um, but I do feel that over um, the coming five or maybe even less than that years, just, you know, we're going to be auditing the ESG implications of the balance just as much as the financial. Um, so it'll almost be, you know, auditors will have that dual hat of being, you know, sustainability experts as well as financial um, experts and understanding, you know, the commitments that come out of, you know, big, bold statements um, from both a financial and a sustainable lens. Yeah, and I think it's really evolving still. You know, it's, you know, what is the impact of ESG on disclosures, assurances and the nature of testing? So it's it's a really evolving landscape that's happening. Correct. Yeah, and even the systems that record the ESG balances, you know, historically a lot of what we rely on might be done in a warehouse on a sheet of paper by, you know, someone who's bringing in, you know, who's recording the shipments coming in or whatever it might be. Um, and how do we, you know, use that information? How can we rely on that information and the quality of that information? Um, you know, and how can we create the same rigor around those numbers as we do um, the numbers within the financial statements? Very interesting, very interesting. So we're coming to the end of the show. And during the show, we always ask uh, as our last question, if you weren't an auditor, what would you be? So that's a great question. And I I, I feel like I could go in one of two ways. Um, actually, I don't know. We, we didn't discuss how I got to where I am. But at one point, um, I was working for KPMG Denmark and they merged with EY. And I was worried that I wasn't going to have a job. And I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to stay in the country? And uh, I thought I'd become a yoga instructor and get my license and become a yoga teacher. Um <laughs> But I think that's more a pipe dream uh, rather than something that I'd probably be. I, so I think, you know, if you ask me if I wasn't, you know, if I hadn't created my love of the accounting and audit industry, 
I think I'd probably see myself as a futurist, right? Like just spending my time reading about demography and technology and trends and the impact that they are having on the world today because I just find that so interesting. Um, I'd love to kind of have a career where, where I kind of, you know, sit in a, in, in a co-working space um, and, you know, talk to like-minded individuals around how the world's evolving Um and, and how what yoga. we do is going to change. Yeah, and doing yoga. I feel like that would be an amazing <laughs> way to spend my time. <laughs> and, you know, we talked about it before, but um, I had it on my notes. Just your, you didn't get a direct flight to New York, right? Tell us a little bit about that journey. It's it's a little <laughs> different to others. Yeah, so I, I, I might know if I've mentioned it during the, the last half hour, but so I obviously am Australian. You can hear it in my voice probably that I am an Aussie through and through. Um, but uh, if any of you know any Aussie accountants, you probably know that we tend to spread ourselves out across the world. So I did move to Copenhagen, Denmark um, for what was meant to be a one-year rotation and then back to Sydney. Um, and that was in 2012. Um, so... I moved to Copenhagen in 2012 and a year into my rotation, um, KPMG and EY um, announced that they would merge in Denmark and Denmark, you know, and that was kind of a incredible event that hasn't happened anywhere else in the world, kind of in the history of the big four. And so I was part of the project team and actually the first employee of KPMG Nuco in Denmark um, and helped rebuild KPMG's presence in Denmark and we were a proper startup you know we didn't we were working out of a hotel conference room at the beginning we had no staff no clients no office um so you know we really got to think through those questions that you would in a startup of what's our differentiated market proposition and you know how are we going to build a presence there and it was a really really interesting time of my career um and so I did that for a few years and that was kind of when I pivoted really out of audit into more, you know, the consulting side of, you know, um, the the business industry. Um, and so I ended up staying in Denmark for almost five years. And um, because for anyone who's been to Copenhagen and Denmark, they'll appreciate it is just an incredible country. Um, and I just love traveling. Um, but once Denmark had really evolved into BAU, um, I visited New York, um, actually on a business trip with my husband, and I fell in love. Um, New York, for those who know New York, uh, who have been to New York, I think you'll appreciate that once you land there, suddenly it's like a whole new world. Um, and I quickly realized that, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to the opportunity to live there. Um, and so I joined the innovation team in the U.S. Um, so I was really looking at what are the future business models, um, trans technologies um, that would impact the audit business. Um, and it was an amazing time. I was there for just over five years. Um, I had my beautiful daughter there during the height of the pandemic. Um, and, you know, I probably, if it wasn't for COVID, um, I, you know, who knows if I would have ever left. Um, but obviously COVID has changed the business landscape. You know, my husband has the opportunity to work remote from Australia in his US role now. Um, you know, the world suddenly became a little bit more challenging to fly the 25 hours from New York to Sydney, um, on a whim. And so, uh, we made the really tough call about six months ago to move back to Sydney. Um, 
and this great opportunity to join the leadership team in audit in Australia opened up for me as well. Um, but I definitely have a soft spot for New York, and I do hope that one day I have the opportunity to come back, uh, whether it be – well, I'll definitely do it personally, but hopefully professionally as well. Well, we look forward to having you back in New York at the event sometime. We'll have to tie it into one of your trips. But, um, no, this is, this has been really insightful. Um, it appears that there's no better person as well with your kind of vision in terms of use of an adapt- adoption of technology. So it's been great to have you on the show. So thank you very much for joining the show today. I've loved it. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, I, you know, to anyone listening, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or whatever. And, you know, I'm happy to continue talking about these kind of topics. As you can tell, it's a passion of mine. Um, and so, you know, let's, you know, feel free to reach out. Anyone reach out at any time. Great. Well, thank you very much and talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a great day. 